1975, I was born again. And after that, I attended three different churches. The third one that I went to, some women were talking about Antichrist, and I never had heard of Antichrist before. This one woman said she thought Antichrist was Henry Kissinger. This was around 1977. And she described what Antichrist would be, and I said, it looks to me like people would have thought it was Hitler. She said no, because Hitler, uh, the Antichrist came speaking peace. Well, she didn't know much about Hitler because when they had the conference at Munich with the Prime Minister of England and the President of France, Hitler was speaking peace, but all the time that he spoke to them at Munich, he was planning to bomb Czechoslovakia. They intervened and sort of gave him Czechoslovakia, and Hitler was really unhappy because they agreed to him taking Czechoslovakia because the books I've read about it say that Hitler wanted to bomb Czechoslovakia, but he couldn't do that since they gave him Czechoslovakia. France and England did. A year later, he bombed Poland, and that started World War II. But I told this woman, I said, it looks to me like it would have been Hitler Later, I was rereading the book War and Peace by Tolstoy, and Tolstoy brought forth the information that the Russians at that time thought Napoleon was the Antichrist. It's incredible to me that these churches and all these decades and hundreds of years, people have expected Antichrist to be through the governments of men when the Apostle Paul told us the lawlessness, the man of lawlessness, would come through the church, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he was God. That's in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the Paul, uh, Paul says, starting at verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Look at this closely and notice that Paul said in verse 3 that Jesus could not return for the church until this happened. And Paul called it a falling away. When I read that scripture back in about 1982, immediately the Spirit of God showed me something, and that is the falling away was not going to be people leaving their church groups. The falling away were people, were churches leading, leaving the scriptures.
whole churches leaving the ch scriptures and going another way. That opens the door for Antichrist. For many years, I hunted a church to attend, and I would go to church, and the pastor would say something that wasn't in the Bible at all. It was totally not there. And when I would call these pastors the next day and ask where that was in the Bible, it was amazing because two of those pastors said the identical same thing. I can't remember where it is in the Bible. Both of them got angry with me. They didn't repent and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I should not have taught that. That's not in the Bible. Neither of them did that. Both of them just got belligerent. That's Antichrist in the churches. That's exactly what Antichrist is. Antichrist teaches the opposite to that which is in the Bible. Antichrist is everywhere today. Everywhere. The Catholics set up crosses and they set up all of these things that are not in the Bible. They set up holy water, which is in the Old Testament and was given to a woman to test whether or not she was an adulteress. If she was accused of adultery, she drank this, what they called holy water, which was a bitter water, even had the dust of the temple swept up and put into the holy water. And if she was guilty, her stomach would swell and her thigh would rot. They didn't force her to drink this. She had to agree to drink it. And if she was innocent, nothing happened to her. And this is how they tested women in the Old Testament to see if they had committed adultery. There is no word whatsoever about holy water in the New Testament. Pam Paget told me that as a child, she was raised Catholic, and as a child, her mother kept in their refrigerator something called holy water, which she had gotten from a Catholic priest. And every once in a while, the mother would have the three girls sit down at the table and drink this holy water. That is not in the Bible at all to do such a thing. When you set up something like that for the church, you set up an idol for the church. There are so many idols today in both the Catholic and the Protestant churches. But the point of this is we should know the Bible, you and I. We, know, we should know the scriptures. And when something is different from the scriptures at the church, we leave that church. There's nothing else you can do. You will never get them to change to the Bible. They've already left the Bible. It's up to you to leave the church group. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul tells us what will happen to those who remain in churches where the Bible is discarded. Because, see, they stay there because they do not have a love of the truth that they can be saved. They stay there because they love the association with that church group even though the church group is not set up by the Bible. 
It doesn't matter to them. I think they're already lost, but maybe some of you aren't. I think they're already lost because they love that pleasure so much. And it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed the truth, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I know a woman uh, who was a real real close friend of mine, and she showed herself just not to care about truth. Even in secular matters, she showed me truth didn't matter to her. Truth matters to me. Truth in secular matters matters to me. And certainly, the truth of the scriptures matter to me very much. If you fail to have a love of the truth, I don't believe you'll be saved. You can sit there with smiles on your face and think everything is just wonderful. I'm okay, you're okay. Let's tolerate everyone and accept everything. That's not what the Bible tells us. If you do not have a love of the truth of the Word of God, I just don't see how you can be saved. Because if you don't love the truth, you will not uphold the Scripture. You will do what the world thinks is reasonable in your churches. It'll be a sad fate for you if that's the case. But I have to believe that some of you listening to this love the truth more than you love your churches. In Acts chapter 20, we read the story of the Apostle Paul. He came to Ephesus and he gathered together all of the elders of the church at Ephesus. And he told them that that when he left, they would see his face no more. And then he said in verse 29, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. This is how all of these churches got set up. After the death of men like Paul, the perversion came in and these men began setting up their version of church, which was not set up according to the Holy Bible, according to the New Testament scriptures. Therefore, we have the Catholic Church. We have the Protestant Church. We have all the denominations in the Protestant Church. We have the non-denomination church. We have all these different groups 
which came after Paul died and sprung up one after the other to set up churches by their own will. And most of them, if not all of them, departed from the scriptures. I've never seen a church that taught what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul told us what was to happen when we came together as the church. Paul said, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Every one of you. That's not what we see. We come into the 11 o'clock service, what do we see? There's a platform and the approved men sit on the platform and tell us what they want to say. I have never been in any church where the word of God was free to be brought forth at the 11 o'clock service. Our Bible teacher at 10 o'clock always said to our class, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And it was appropriate at that time to present the word that we had from God. But I've never seen it done at the 11 o'clock service, anywhere that I've ever been. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. That word psalm may not be a song. It might be a prayer. So it could be a prayer. It could be sung. But it that's what psalm means. At the last uh, printing in the Holy Bible of the last psalm of David, it says the prayers of David have ended. Now that's in the little note up at the top, and I assume that's true, but that was the last psalm that he presented. It says the prayers of David have ended. I'm, I'm just sure this is a prayer of David. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David was terrified of losing the Holy Spirit after the Bathsheba situation. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That is Psalm 51, verse 10. I've always wanted to see and be a part of a group like this, but I've never seen it. I even uh, went for a while to a home uh, church. And they didn't do this in the home church. They were just little copies of the other church. It's pitiful. This is what it's supposed to be. You may say to me, well, it says let women keep silence in the churches for it's not permitted to them to speak. It certainly does say that, and I certainly agree with this. I said to God, well, I can't speak to the church. And he said to me, look at this scripture and see what these women were doing. 
Well, what it really says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. When I read that, God said, look and see what they were doing. And I read that, and I believe those women were asking questions, and Paul stopped them. I attended a church one time where the pastor was teaching the Sunday school class, and all of a sudden, a woman jumped up and waved her arms in the air and said, Praise God, praise God. And she ran all the way around the room and sat back down. And the people and the pastor just rejoiced, thinking that was the Holy Spirit. I was horrified. That was not the Holy Spirit. And after I left, I said to God, That was not the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It couldn't have been. And I was reminded by the Holy Spirit of the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 that says, let everything be done decently and in order. And I knew God was confirming to me this thing in this woman was not the Holy Spirit. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Let all things be done decently and in order. This thing in this woman was another spirit, but they thought it was the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? It's one of the greatest gifts given by God. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, reminds us of everything in the Word of God, and shows us things to come. The Holy Spirit brings us information which comes usually in the form of a thought which comes into our minds. We see this in two passages of Scripture. John chapter 14 verse 26 and John chapter 16 verse 13. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, says Jesus, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John 16, verse 13, tell us two more things the Holy Spirit does. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, of his own ideas. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Two more things the Holy Spirit does. Then in 1 Corinthians 2, we have a great deal of information about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to reveal the truth of God to us concerning the matter at hand with which we are dealing so we can know the will of God and the way to go in our decisions of various issues. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Start at verse 
9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I had a situation occur once with a woman that I went to high school with. She and a guy from the high school married and one day Wynette was telling me about this situation. She said she went into the grocery store and here stood this young man she'd never seen before. And this was a really small community where we lived. So everybody knew everybody. She said to the owner of the grocery store, Who is that? And the owner said, It's Jerry Greer. And she said, I'm going to marry him. The owner was just horrified and said, Oh, you shouldn't say things like that. She did marry Jerry. They were married for what, 60 years before he died. I told Wynette, when she told me the story, I said, Oh, Wynette, that was a word of knowledge from God. She looked horrified. Like and scared to death. Well, a word of knowledge is not anything fearful. It's one of the spiritual gifts. You read about it in 1 Corinthians 12, I believe, verse 8. And Wynette just looked panic-stricken. She'd been raised in the Baptist church, and I guess they taught against the gifts of the Holy Spirit or something. Why wouldn't you want to know that was some, from God? Why would you want to think that was some kind of wisdom from herself? That was from God. That was by his spirit. That was a word of knowledge. I just don't understand. They make it so terrifying and fearful and scare people when it's one of the greatest gifts God's ever given. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you go about doing anything. The Holy Spirit brings information from God to us. It's not like the old Holy Roller Church where they kept saying, the Spirit fell on them and they rolled around the room on the floor. That's nonsense. That's like that woman that ran around the room yelling, praise the Lord. That wasn't the Spirit of God. When we look at the Bible, we see what the Spirit of God does. It's a great gift. 
Well, Antichrist is already here in the churches. We know it because of this. They do things and set up things that are not in the New Testament. They set up crosses. They set up holy water. They set up all kinds of nonsense, which has no power at all. And their people believe in these nonsense things and practice them. We see it all the time. I turn on football games, and here's the kicker about to kick an extra point, and he crosses himself first. I've seen batters do that in baseball games, cross themselves. There's no power in that. I've seen kickers cross themselves and make the field goal. I've seen kickers cross themselves and miss the field goal. They don't seem to analyze, does this thing I'm doing have any real power? Because the things of God have power. And secondly, if it is not in the New Testament and is set up by some religious people, it becomes an idol which is worshipped in the churches and they're, they're just everywhere. These idols are just everywhere in churches. A man who was in our little church group for a while went to some kind of church meeting came back to our group and he told us how wonderful the meeting had been that he went to. And after he kept telling us two or three times about how wonderful this meeting was, I said to this man, what was so wonderful about the meeting? And he said, oh, they set up at the head of the table three big crosses and covered them with flowers. That is nonsense. That has no power. That is emotional garbage. And he thought it was religion. Well, he's not with us anymore. He left a long time ago. So many people have their religion based on emotional feelings. Our religion should be based on the Word of God. I had an accident in uh, 2019, and they came from the hospital, put me on a gurney. As I was being rolled past the front door of my house in Texas, I heard these words from the Holy Spirit. You'll never see this house again. While I was in the hospital and the rehab hospitals for two and a half months, it became very clear I couldn't live alone. One of our church members took me in to live at her house. She lived in Colorado Springs, and I lived in Texas at that time. I moved to Colorado Springs directly from the rehab center, and I never saw that house again. That was a word from God by the Spirit of God. God might remind us of a scripture. Very often I've been reminded of scriptures to show me what to do. He could give you a dream and show you what to do. There are many ways that God leads us today. I've had an angel of the Lord speak to me once. I believe it was an angel. I, I was asleep in the night in 1980, and I was awakened by a very loud voice that sounded like a trumpet blowing in my ear saying three words, 
Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote the letters KWJS on a pad beside my bed because it was very obvious to me these were either radio call letters or television call letters. It turned out to be radio, and I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I was impressed immediately with this thought. Call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called the station and asked to speak to the manager. When he got on the phone, I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to us. And if you fit our broadcasting, we'll offer you a contract. I had a tape recorder at my apartment and I just sat down and recorded 29 and a half minutes of uh, exhortations. Mailed it to the station manager. Within five days of sending that tape, I was broadcasting on that radio station. By the end of the year, I was on radio from coast to coast, from Hartford to Seattle. The three words, which I believe that was an angel of the Lord, but the three words spoken to me that night, January 10th, 1980, the three words were Hartford, Seattle, KWJS, and all of them came to pass within about a year. That's God. That's the Spirit of God. And as many of us as are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God. That's first I mean that's Romans chapter eight, verse fourteen. Antichrist, according to Paul, came through the churches, and Jesus could not return until the apostasy, Antichrist, the falling away, took place in the churches, and we are seeing it today. Don't be sitting there among them if something's wrong at your church. Get out. Flee. This is Joan Boney speaking. All of the scriptures that I have spoken on this broadcast are recorded in writing for you on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side, tap on Podcast. Bring up this broadcast, which is titled, Antichrist Comes Through the Churches, says Paul. Again, our Blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You can see every scripture which I have spoken in writing on this blog. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.